Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome back to 12 Days Pod. And welcome to the second episode of our Season 4 kickoff. I'm Kara Zalaya, and I'm joined here with my co-host, partner, fiancé, and the shop around my corner, Dan Takaki. Oh, interesting. Hello. If you're new here, this is our holiday season podcast, one that is so seasonal that it is only relevant for 12 weeks of the year, which is how long Christmas is meant to be celebrated. That's right. And which 12 weeks are those? Don't worry about it. Don't look it up. Don't ask. We love Christmas, and we love Christmas movies, so we're here to talk about some of our favorites and some of our not-so-favorites, for no reason other than to have a good time. So, let's get into it. Dear Daniel, what are we talking about this week? This week, we are taking a trip back to 1940s Budapest and watching The Shop Around the Corner, starring Jimmy Stewart and Margaret Sullivan as the main love interest, and Frank Morgan as the titular shop. This was a unique scenario where I don't think either of us had seen this movie before, but we've both seen various adaptations of it, sure. uh, including the Broadway production of this called She Loves Me. Mm-hmm. And then obviously we've both seen You've Got Mail. A classic. Uh, so why don't you briefly give a little background on the history you have with this story um, or this property, and then I'm sure later you'll have a lot to tell us about those other adaptations. I definitely will. So I... I have been a big fan of all Nora Ephron films. Um, and so You've Got Mail is on constant rotation in my mm-hmm. life. And, you know, Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks, can't beat it. When I moved to New York and I worked at Roundabout, She Loves Me was one of the first shows, like big, big productions that I was able to be a part of in my own small way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, doing the thing that I was doing there. The She Loves Me is the musical version of The Shop Around the Corner. And I must have sold so many subscription packages <laughs> just saying, like, it's the shop around the corner. It's like you've got mail. Mm-hmm. You'll love it. Come watch it. So the shop around the corner has been in my vocabulary for quite some time. Yeah. But yeah, I've never seen this. And for me, Jimmy Stewart was like such a huge, huge star. And we'll learn more about this later. Margaret Sullivan was actually a bigger star than she was when this than he was when this movie came out. Mm. So a little teaser on the fun facts. Returning friend of the pod, Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart has been in it. How about you? Um, yeah, I'd seen You've Got Mail a bunch of times. I feel like prior to when, seeing When Harry Met Sally with you, that was my like go-to Nora Ephron movie. Sure. I like it more than Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah, um, I get that. You know, it, I don't know. I've never been to Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> never been to New York either until recent, <laughs> like in the past few years. But Oh, that's five years of being with me yeah but uh i don't know i would just seen that one the most of them oh and she loves me was the first broadway musical that was like i think it was like televised live on broadway hd not a sponsor i still think it translated very well to film and i have made you watch it yeah we watched like the pro shot of it and yeah. i will say that production of like the way that musical is, is pretty beat for beat how the movie goes. 100%. Obviously, You've Got Mail's way different than both of them. Yes. Much more fall-centered than She Loves Me in the Shop Around the Corner, which is very winter-centered. Yeah, for sure. And also email-centered. Mm. <laughs> no Dave Chappelle in this one. <sighs> I'll say it. Not a friend of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and tell us what happened in this movie? Absolutely. I can definitely do that. So as mentioned, this movie takes place in 1940s Budapest in the weeks leading up until Christmas. 
Jimmy Stewart plays a clerk at the store named Alfred Krolik, who is working at this store called Matashek and Company, which is a leather goods store. Classic. You know, 1940s. That's what you buy. Leather. Yeah. Bet it smelled good in there. Probably. Or very bad. Yeah. The main issue in the first part of the movie is that Mr. Matashek wants to start selling these cigarette boxes that play music when you open them. Mm-hmm. But Jimmy Stewart's character doesn't like them and thinks they won't sell. In walks Margaret Sullivan's character, Clara, who is looking for a job and immediately is able to sell one of the cigarette boxes to a woman who she convinces is... It's like a candy box that will stop her from eating too many sweets. Clara is hired on the spot, despite Jimmy Stewart's protesting, and those two immediately start butting heads. Can I say, it is so odd that they immediately started butting heads. There was no reason for that. Yeah, it was just they were both like a little snippy and sarcastic. (laughs) I mean, there wasn't anything else to do. In 19, I mean, actually, I'm sure there was a lot to do in 1940s Budapest. I'm sure it was like a very trying time (laughs) unless it was late 1940s still probably pretty stressful it feels like it was stressful anyway go on yeah so the main story in the movie is about how krolik has been corresponding with a woman he met through a newspaper ad and that he's in love with but he's never met her in real life he tells his friend pirovich about her and how they're supposed to go and meet in a cafe one night after work but it turns out the woman he's been corresponding with is clara His co-worker, who he doesn't get along with. Classic. Classic. This is what's the classic. This is the classic that it comes from. (laughs) Yeah, this is the original. So instead of revealing himself to be the man that she's been writing to, he goes in and messes with her, and she gets mad at him for ruining her evening. And he's basically shit-talking the man that she's supposed to meet, even though it's him. Another classic. Of course. He eventually leaves, and obviously her man never shows. And right outside, before all this happens, Dave Chappelle is like, listen, if you don't like the girl who you work with, you're not going to like this girl. Yeah, for sure. And Jimmy Stewart's like, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) Did you cause a lot of weird housing zoning shit in Ohio that didn't allow poor people to have affordable housing? Probably. He he did. (laughs) (laughs) My beef with Dave Chappelle is longstanding. Yeah. Go on. I think this part happens before and then also kind of concurrently, but Mr. Matashek has also been very cold to Jimmy Stewart's character for the most of the movie. And then he eventually fires him because he suspects him of having an affair with his wife. Yeah. But he doesn't explain that to anyone. He just fires Kralik on the spot. These men. Subject line, go to therapy, nobody. Yeah. (laughs) After everyone leaves the night that he fires Jimmy Stewart's character, he learns that it was actually another employee of his, Mr. Vadas. Classic. Mm. This then leads Mr. Matashek to try and take his own life, but the errand boy, Pepe, catches him and at the last second saves his life. Yeah. And in the roundabout production, it was played by... Nicholas Barish. Nicholas Barish, who was phenomenal and just like a child when he was doing that. He was so, so, so good and she loves me. And then we went to go see Hades Town at the Kennedy Center and he was our like lead, right? Mm-hmm. Who did he play? Orpheus. Orpheus. <laughs> I know things. You got it. You're the theater baby now. Yeah, I, you know me. I know everything about the theater. <laughs> Musicals, name them. <laughs> bye bye, Birdie. Chicago. Frozen. Alphabetical order. <laughs> Wicked. Wicked. You got him. Les Miserables. Les Miserables. Lion King. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> she loves me. Moulin Rouge. No. <laughs> the shop around the corner. Hello, Dolly. <laughs> Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> this is a stupid bit. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Go on. Six. <laughs> So anyway, while Mr. Matashek is in the hospital, he rehires Kralik to be the store manager and apologizes to him. Aww. Aww. While Kralik is in charge, Clara doesn't come in because she's feeling distressed. <gasps> because she didn't meet the man she'd been corresponding with. He and ghosted. so Kralik goes to see her to check on her. And while there, she receives another letter from Kralik. What? A.K.A. her mystery man. <gasps> and that perks her up. Boing? And she's ready to go back to work. I'm back to work. She's just feeling a little blue around the holidays, but she just needed a letter from her guy. I get it. Anyways, on Christmas Eve, near the end of the movie, the store is just popping off. Everyone's out buying their leather. You know how you need leather for the holidays? Yeah, leather goods, like a a, a music box. Some assless chaps. Some some wallets, a tie. A choker. A leather tie. A leather tie. Leather bracelet. Ugh, classic. Oh, wow. The leather braided bracelet. Leather belt. Oh, sure. Leather pants. Leather pants. Yeah. Lots of lists this episode so far. (laughs) Anyway, the store's really busy, and they have one of their best sales days, and everyone is given a nice Christmas bonus when Mr. Matashek comes back to work. That night, as the store closes, Clara reveals to Kralik that when they first started working together, she had a little bit of a crush on him. (gasps) No way. She was being mean to him because she thought that would be a good flirting tactic. Helga Pataki. Oh, yeah. We love that. We love it. Kralik reveals that he was the one writing letters to her the whole time, and they smooch, and the movie ends. It's not uh, anything that you've never seen before, but because it's old, and, you know, things have been made since about it. And I want to say something. Okay. Y'all need to up the ante to all these pod listeners I'm talking to you. Need to up the ante on our old episodes, because you're always like, oh, you should do the classics and White Christmas. Have you listened to it? No, only a few you have. (laughs) You push episodes on our listeners so much. (laughs) Well, I just feel like they're all quality, and I'm glad that a lot of our episodes are doing numbers, but I get confused about what does numbers with us. Like, the fact that Christmas Vacation is one of our most listened to episodes is insanity. I don't think that's insanity at all. I think we released that on Christmas and <laughs> it's like a wacky wild time that I'm out here seen. telling you, listen to the classics, okay? Open your mind. We're allowed to light things. We we provide quality. Go yeah. listen to White Christmas. Also, welcome back to season four. Thank you for your continued listenership <laughs> to our podcast. Yes, this is season four. Listen to the episodes you want. Just listen to them multiple times. Think about that. Listen to what Christmas, please. There is, I will say, by season five, each episode will have like a hidden message in all of them. That's true. We've been thinking about this for a long time. Um, I've been planting the messages along the way. And so you have to figure out the code. And by season five, the message will be complete. It's like a Taylor Swift album drop. Like there's 18, like we're three years ahead of you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. 13. Yeah, so what did you think about this movie? I love this movie. It was a nice, easy, breezy watch. I did wish that I was watching You've Got Mail or She Loves Me mm-hmm. instead of it. Of course, I think the original casting here is great and Jimmy Stewart is amazing. You know, arguably one of the greatest, most iconic actors of all time. And it's considered critically to be a better movie than You've Got Mail. But... I don't care. I'd rather be watching You Got Mail. Wow. I I, I just, like... 
you know, it's an old movie and it's really, 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 really wonderful and delightful. And I don't want to take away from that. Mm -hmm. There's room for all things. But as we were watching it, I was like, I know this. I've seen She Loves Me and there's songs in She Loves Me. And when she gets the ice cream, I'm like, where is Laura Benanti? Super Soprano hitting those high notes. It did feel a little slow without the music. It did. You know, Budapest is an interesting choice for this movie. I'm sure you'll get into it. And I'm sure this was probably based on a book that was based on a a story that took place in Budapest. It was based on a play that took place in Budapest. Wow. See, the Grand Budapest Hotel inspired this movie. (laughs) Could you imagine? Mm. If time is a circle. Yes. It did. It wouldn't surprise me if, of all directors, Wes Anderson was like the person who had some sort of time loop Mm. machine. Mm-hmm. You know, I missed out on asking that because he used to get brunch in Harlem when I lived there yeah. and I would see him all the time. It was you very two weird. would go to the same Dunkin' Donuts every morning. <laughs> yeah, by brunch, I mean he would get a Boston cream. <laughs> Boston cream donut and a packet of hash browns. Yeah, he's a man of taste. <laughs> and one large Dunkin' Culotta. Fuck, I'm going to have to get a Boston cream donut tonight. <laughs> Anyway, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I, I, I just, you know, it's hard to give notes on these old movies because, like, what what can I say? I wish it was more colorful. I wish it was more pink, you know, which I do. I do wish those things. I wish Laura Bedanti was in it. I, I wish Zachary Levi the best. You know, like, I... It's <laughs> like, do you? <laughs> I... It, it's, it's a great trope. I'm glad that it really exists mm-hmm. because the, like, enemies to the friends to lovers is a great trope. We yeah. all love it we all eat it up every time we want it to happen it's simple it's good it works for a reason i think that the working together was really sweet and it gives us this added like tension for that to build i will say the boss and his wife's marriage falling apart was that necessary did we need that I don't know. Why are we bringing unaliving into my Christmas movies? And like, I know Christmas is historically dark. Obviously, we have a whole podcast about it. Sure. It just felt like, um, I guess. I mean, you needed some sort of tension for him to be like fired, right? To then have like, oh, I'm sorry. This is how you're going to end up taking over the store and like be the hero for Christmas or whatever, right? I guess. I just, you know, that, that was my only note where in the other iterations of that, that isn't, well, it isn't She Loves Me, but in You've Got Mail, like, they've managed to build the tension in, like, the store is closing or, mm-hmm. you know, like, there's other stuff going on. But that was my only note. It, You know, it, it literally invented a trope. It's a great film. Recommend. Yeah. How about you? Did you have any notes? Uh, Yeah, I think... The Peppy character is great. Oh, I love, love like a little like comedic bit on the side where his whole thing is he's like the, the errand runner and like yeah. does all the deliveries and stuff. And he's got this like high pitched like squeaky Peppy voice. And he's like, you know, a proper, proper boy. The thing is, too, is all these actors have like mid-Atlantic accents, but they're in Budapest. So they all have this like mid-Atlantic, but also like vaguely European accent they're trying to do. Yeah. And so it's that that was a little confusing for me. But the thing with Pepe is he is able to turn the fact that he saved his life into, like, a job. <laughs> Pe- Capitalist king, Pepe. Pepe's out here grinding. He's like, I saved your life. He's like, oh, thank you. Thank you, my dear boys. Is there anything I can do for you? He's like, well, actually. 
<laughs> you you missed me saying it, but I seeing it, but I uh, fixed my bow tie that he was wearing. Yeah, that you're wearing right now. Yeah, you're in your peppy outfit. Yep, and he's like, actually, I would love to be a clerk. I think I'd be a great clerk. Blah blah blah. And then when he becomes a clerk, he uses a different voice. He uses like a lower voice. He's like, well, let me tell you. See, I got all these things here on the shelf for you: leather goods, leather leather bags, leather wallets, whatever you want. And then he's like. He hires a new Peppy to, like, be the errand boy yeah. and treats him terribly. He's like, it's not easy, see? Listen, kid, you gotta do all these things. Go on. And then somebody else from the store, either Mr. Matashek or Kralik or somebody, like, addresses Peppy as something. And he immediately reverts back and he's like, yes, sir, what can I get for you, sir? And he's got this, like, bit that he's he's doing for no one other than himself. And it's great. I mean, Peppy is very much, if you were an actor or you know, in musical theater as well, that you would, that is the part you would go out for. Just mm. like a nice boy who's like, can definitely click his heels. Oh yes, Mr. Matashek. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely, Mr. Matashek. <laughs> like you just like slide in in your first communion dress, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's your whole thing. Yeah, my first communion dress. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. You know, you love a dress. I love a dress. You love to slide in. Slide in. <laughs> yeah, and I thought the way Clara was so depressed and bedridden and like i can't get up oh my life is over he was gonna propose to me i think maybe he he definitely was thinking about proposing to me and uh one well i uh i really thought it was gonna happen and he didn't show because of you and then he she gets the letter and she was like oh i'm all better (laughs) okay but let's be honest that's not dissimilar to how i behave (laughs) no i know i i'm not saying it's it's unreasonable i just thought it was funny thought it was a funny bit i mean it's a little unreasonable but it's not unrealistic sure (laughs) the amount of times that i'm just like laying in bed being like my life is over and then i'm like but it's 65 out right now and then i'm like you're right (laughs) time to do cartwheels you know i think it's a good movie i I no interest in watching it again oh I'd throw it on. <laughs> you said that about Jack Frost. No, don't don't start spoiling how I feel about Jack Frost. Sure, We're not right. there yet. You're right. You're right. I don't want to give it away. <laughs> Hopefully you haven't listened out of order. But uh, yeah, I don't think I'd watch it again. Okay. I don't think I would actively seek it out. Did we watch this one on YouTube? Is that... <laughs> no, we watched Jack Frost on YouTube. Sorry. Um, I think we might have just watched this on Amazon. We'll talk about it in the Jack Frost episode. I keep wanting to talk about it. I know. Yeah, overall, not much. Not much to write home about on this one. Everybody does great. I like the characters. But yeah, I'd rather watch any other iteration of this. It was kind of slow, kind of boring, but good nonetheless. Definitely Christmas. Definitely Christmas. Yeah. That's 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 all I got, though. But do you have any fun facts or things of note about this movie or this story? I'm sure there's lots to lots to dive into. Yeah, you know, I don't have a lot of fun facts, actually, for this one. But I do have a little bit of gossip. Gossip? Gossip. Gossip. So Jimmy Stewart was, like, a famously wonderful human being and had a very wild past before even acting. Mm-hmm. Um, served in the war. You can listen to our episode of It's a Wonderful Life. I cover a lot of Jimmy Stewart's past in there. But little James Stewart was in love with Margaret oh, Sullivan. Who wouldn't be? I know, but she did not love him back. Oh. It was unrequited love. Not mutual. Not mutual. And I was like, why was this reported? <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy was out here shooting a shot. Jimmy was like, I'm in love with her, but... 
You know, the gals these days. She loves me. (laughs) A musical that definitely exists right now. The Shop Around the Corner is inspired by a Hungarian play Mm. called Parfumery, which was written by Miklos Laszlo, which is why that character is Mr. Laszlo. Laszlo. Yeah. Who is Laszlo? And she loves me. Oh. Yes. That's the, the shop owner. Oh. Isn't that kind of fun? That is fun. Yeah. I didn't realize that. The director of The Shop Around the Corner, Ernst Lubitzt, sorry if I completely slaughtered that, purchased the rights for the play Perfumery for approximately $7,500. That feels like not a lot of money. Yeah. Potentially. Even, even with, you know, the, how old this movie is, who's to say? I'm not an economist. After wrapping principal photography, the director went on to talk to the New York Sun in January of 1940, which, by the way, is when this movie came out, was in January, Hmm. not during the holidays, which is, like, if this is a recurring theme. But these old movies? Yeah, they, like, come out not on the holidays, but after the fact or during the summer for Miracle on 34th Street. What was going on with movies back in the day? You know, (laughs) they were just starting, really. The golden age of cinema didn't know when to release movies. (laughs) You heard it here first. Anyway, about the film, he said, quote, It's not a big picture, just a quiet little story that seemed to have some charm. It didn't cost very much for such a cast, under $500,000. Is how much it cost to make this movie. It was made in 28 days. I hope it has some charm. End quote. Oh, that's kind of (laughs) nice. I wish directors were like, you know, it's not very big. Kind of a snoozer. Uh, This is how much it cost and this is how long it took to make. Hope you like it. Hi, I'm James Gunn. (laughs) Guardians of the Galaxy 3 cost $800 million to make. We shot it over three months. I hope you like it. Hi, I'm James Cameron. Uh, my okay, but he does talk about how long he <laughs> shot movies for and how much they cost. That's actually a very good pull because he's like, I need to make one point four billion dollars on Avatar to break even. Yeah, I <laughs> so do. fingers crossed. I do appreciate the James Cameron hustle because he's like, y'all better fucking go see this movie because it it's like me, me and Jimmy Cameron, not that dissimilar. Just like I'm always pulling my work and being like, you guys should really listen to white christmas to up the average numbers <laughs> jimmy cameron is out here being like guys i spent so much money on this vanity film please go see it it will be okay he's like that submersible that that caved in would have never happened to me <laughs> this is the second episode we bring up the submersible <laughs> i know i'm trying to make everything relevant still <laughs> including the submersible <laughs> Anyway, my last fun fact is that the shop around the corner was reportedly shot in sequence. Oh. Yeah. I feel like that doesn't happen a lot. No, it doesn't because of scheduling conflicts. Yeah. But I mean, if it only took 28 days, I feel like you were just like, yeah, let's just do it all in order. Famously, 28 days later. Wow. Some of the people on staff didn't even have a full period cycle. Huh. Something to think about. That is something to think about. (laughs) And that's what you learned in my fun facts section. This is the end. Alrighty, folks. As we do every episode, it is time for our definitive ranking of this movie. As is tradition, we base our rankings around the 12 days of Christmas. So, out of 12 days of Christmas, as I see you counting on your fingers, what would you rate the shop around the corner? I would rate this film Eight Maids of Milking. Oh, Is that correct? I think that's what I was also going to rate this movie. No, is Eight Maids of Milking? 
Oh, eight maids are milking. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes, they are. Robust. Leather good bound. maids. Yes. Oh, yes. That's what I was thinking. They're milking the cows just like the shop around the corner is milking the cows for profit. <laughs> Christmas is a capitalist holiday. Those leather lasses. Those leather lasses. Yeah. Leather ladies. Wink. Are there any other leather-based uh, days of Christmas? Drummers, I feel like yes. feel like there could be leather on a drum. Probably, I think it's a like a like a goat lining, isn't it? Well, not like the drum top, but like um, I meant like you know you have like a strap, a strap. to carry the drum, mm-hmm. the snare drum. I mean, anything can be leather-based if you try hard enough. I guess that's true. Five golden rings, leather, leather. Famously, there's leather in a lot of wedding rings now. <sighs> Don't get me started. Three French hens. Leather. Yeah, they're wearing a leather jacket. They're French hens. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> turtle doves, turtle leather. Turtle leather. So you, how much would you give it? You're landing on eight maids of milking as well? Yeah, I'm going to give it eight maids of milking. I, you know. <sighs> yeah. That's safe. Seven feels too low. Nine feels way too high. A hundred percent. Yeah, so eight. Eight. Eight maids of milking. Love it. Never going to wash it again. Thank you so much for listening. We're only 73 days away from Christmas, and we hope to spread as much Christmas spirit as possible. So please share this with your friends if they aren't already listening. God, that 73 days makes me very panicked. Join us for our next episode where we are watching Jack Frost. Y'all are not going to want to miss this. This is going to be one of our all-time bangers of an episode. You, I have so many thoughts. It is available free on YouTube with ads. Yes, that's how we watch. it. Also probably on Tubi. <laughs> this episode is actually out now as part of our opening day extravaganza. And as we say every episode, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas.